0: Hi, this is Maggie Hamilton, and you're listening to the Urban to Country Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Urban to Country Podcast, where we talk to outdoor enthusiasts about life, hunting, and how to make everyday epic. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the Urban to Country Podcast. Today I'm talking with conservation advocate and inspiring photographer Maggie Hamilton. Maggie is working on an exciting project that I can't wait to have her tell you guys about. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Maggie Hamilton. Welcome to the podcast. I am here with Maggie and she is a really cool person who we're going to get to know here in the next little bit. Uh, She has a a neat story and has been working on a freaking awesome project, so (laughs) why don't you introduce yourself and tell the folks listening anything you think they should know about you.
0: All right. Um, My name is Maggie Hamilton. Um, I was born in Michigan's Upper Peninsula.
1: There's a lot of people in Montana from Michigan. Really? Yes. (laughs) That's funny. Why do you think that is?
0: I don't know. Um, Is it because... People just get bored. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will always say that I am from Wisconsin because I never had a Michigan driver's license. Gotcha. Um, So I grew up in Wisconsin. um, Went back to the UP for undergrad, where I went to Northern Michigan University, um, and I got my bachelor of fine arts in photography. Um, And growing up, I well, I grew up hunting um, with my grandpa for whitetail. And growing up, I never had to use public lands. So that's always kind of an interesting tidbit for people since my project focuses on public lands. Um, But I grew up hunting whitetail on my grandpa's uh, land. We have 160 acres up in northern Wisconsin. Nice. Um, And then would go fishing on my other grandparents' dock on their lake house. Um, And I would go pheasant hunting with my dad at a pheasant club like that's how I grew up and I never had to worry about finding a place to go so I never thought about public lands and in Wisconsin too like I think it's 86% of the land is privately owned because of agriculture yeah so there isn't much there for that um so I didn't really discover public land until I got to college um where I was away from home and 6 hours from Deer Camp and you know wasn't <laughs> going to make that drive every weekend. Right. Um but
1: why Montana? I mean you you're an amazing photographer by the way. Thank you. So you could have gone anywhere. What made you want to come to Montana?
0: Um the grad program at the university was pretty good. Um and I thought it would be nice to have a a big school name on my resume. Thought mm. that would help. Um I got accepted to a couple other small um like, private universities at, or in Michigan, um, so I figured having a bigger name would help, maybe. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, and is just such a beautiful place, too. It was just, I don't know, it f- worked out really well.
1: Okay, so I want to circle back to something real quick. So you, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Montana, mm-hmm. have you whitetail hunted in all three of those places?
0: I have not. Okay. Um I only in Wisconsin and out here. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what's better whitetail hunting, Montana or Wisconsin?
0: (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think the mass in the deer is way better in Wisconsin. Okay. Bigger bodies, bigger antlers. Um, The whitetail out here are so small. (laughs) Gotcha. And a lot of that is just because they're so crop fed in Wisconsin. Mm, That makes sense. Um, But where we hunt, we're just in timber. So it's harder uh to see them where out here you're pretty open and so i think yeah it's i mean it's a toss up it i guess it depends on what you're looking for a big deer or just you know a, yeah a kill so i guess
1: that's yeah i guess you're comparing apples and oranges but <laughs> i am and i love hunting montana but whenever i think of whitetail hunting it's like michigan wisconsin going down into kansas oh yeah and i don't know i just have this very idealist idyllic you know, vision in my head of going and sitting in a tree stand and like shooting a big buck. But yep. <laughs> so it's always interesting, you know, people that, that got to do that growing up. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, doing that, it's cool that you got to do that growing up. Um, a lot of girls don't get brought into hunting that young. Why Why do you think you were different? Why do you think you were able to get into it young? What was it about your family that, that made you different?
0: So I am one of... So one of 13 grandchildren, um, 10 of which are girls. Nice. Um, And I'm the only one that goes out. And I think a lot of it has to do with just how close I am with my grandpa. Uh, He's 94. Wow. We are exactly 70 years apart. Um, And he is just, he's been like my best friend since I can remember. Um, There's pictures of us um, together. Like he'd put me in a backpack and we'd go hike. And he would drive, you know, across the state of Wisconsin to go up to Michigan to see me or, you know, when we moved into Wisconsin and um so we've just always been really close and I was always interested in whatever grandpa was doing. Um my grandpa's really into woodworking. So we would go sit in the wood shop and I would, you know, glue things together and pretend to be building whatever he was building. <laughs> um so when I was old enough and You know, my dad asked me, would you like to go through Hunter's safety and go and um, go out for the first time? I was super pumped because I got to go sit with my grandpa. And I was like, yes, I want to just do whatever grandpa's doing. That's cool. Yeah, that's how I got into it. And I try really hard never to miss an opening weekend. This will probably be the first one that I miss. And it's kind of hard, like thinking that this might be the last one I have. You know, it's always been like that. This might be the last one I have with him. So I always want to, you know, try to get there. So
1: yeah, that's so cool. That's such a special relationship, and grandpas are awesome. I have a really good relationship with my grandpa too. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're sitting in my office. These uh, rifles that you can see, those are those are his. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, do you have any Do you have any funny grandpa hunting stories?
0: Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> um. too many. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, We had a tornado go through my grandpa's property last summer. Um, And so I went back to Wisconsin um, for Thanksgiving last year and made it out for deer season um, for a couple days while we were there. And um, so grandpa put me in a spot and we were in all the down timber and um, we ended up moving around and I don't think he realized it. So at the end of the night, he went walking through uh, the timber over all this stuff oh at no. 93, yelling for me because he was nervous that I got lost or something. And <laughs> um, we ended up just walking right behind him and being like, "Hey!" <laughs> and he was so confused, but it was it was funny. He had a good laugh about it. Nice. Yeah.
1: I just think that's so awesome. Your grandpa's 94. And oh yeah. He's out there still he, chasing he's deer. He's out
0: bow hunting right now, guaranteed. What? Yeah. Yep. When that's my cool. when my grandma passed away five years ago, he uh, put money into a crossbow, and that is that's like all he focuses on now because it's it's warmer, so he's not you know worried about being too cold. And he goes climbs up in a tree stand and, and hangs out and you wow. know yeah, and he likes to tell the story where he um he freaks my mom out with it. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, getting ready to come down and I was walking down or c- climbing down the tree stand and I hooked my arm and I hooked my leg and I hung off the ladder because there was a big buck and I aimed for him and I missed. And just my mom's like, oh, my God, hanging off the <laughs> ladder. <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty great. Um, I have two pictures of him, actually, for my my uh, project. That's one of cool. one of him in his full blaze orange uh, suit that, you know, people don't need to wear anymore. But um, with his gun, he's got a Savage rifle that he's had since he was 18. Whoa. And he goes out with that every single season. Um, and then I've got one of him in uh, some first light camo with his crossbow.
1: I'm looking at the picture right now. That is a great picture. Yeah. That's <laughs> he really He was a cool. good model. <laughs> Man, he is in... He looks like he's in, in incredible health. That's yeah. amazing. That's really that's really cool.
0: He's he's something.
1: Good living in the outdoors. That I guess that's the secret. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah.
0: His secret is too is just don't ever stop moving.
1: Yeah, that'll do it too. He's <laughs> like
0: you sit down in a chair and you'll be there the rest of your life. So <laughs> he's always on the go.
1: Wow. So let's talk about your project. You did a really cool project, and I found it through. Uh, Backcountry hunters and anglers actually was where I first saw it. I think they promoted one of your posts. Mm-hmm. But tell us about this project that you did. Maybe start with what inspired it.
0: Okay. Um, so last year I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for my thesis, and isn't that the worst? <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> and you're pitching all these things and nobody likes it, and oh discouragement. Um,
1: Real quick, what was your your graduate degree in
0: so i got my master of arts in in, uh, photography
1: okay gotcha
0: um so my background is heavily is heavily in commercial photography studio photography product photography um uh, product placement photography that kind of stuff that's um what we focused on heavily in undergrad so I really wanted to like incorporate that and not get into like the super fine artsy photography where you're wondering if people are understanding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so I uh, wanted to incorporate (laughs) that with um, my love of being outside and doing things outdoors. Um, And so I had all these pictures and I was hoping to find a company to work with who would just send me stuff and I could send it right back to them and just let me take pictures of it. And somehow work that into a thesis. Pitch that. Professors hated it. (laughs) (laughs) No. They said, go back. Figure something else out. So I was driving home from Missoula. Kind of bummed. And trying to think what else I could do that was in a commercial realm. um, And trying to stay away again from the fine art photography. Um, And that's when I thought, oh, like, a campaign that would, you know, be good. I've done those before. So, uh, I got home, and um, my fiancé and our one of our best friends um, from college were at the house, and so I kind of pitched this idea to him, and I said, what if I got a bunch of people who use public lands and photographed them in the land that they used and did it in this way that it turned out really, like, glossy and commercially and um, magazine-type editorial photography. And... So then we started writing down groups, like, and we did it without even thinking. We wrote one side of the paper, like, all the different types of hunting you can do on public lands. And on the other side, we wrote down all the things that are, like, um, you can do not hunting. So, like, skiing, biking, camping, hiking. Um, I just thought that was interesting that we automatically put these two groups out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, what if I just take these two groups and I throw them in a room together? Like, then people have to have a conversation about that. And, um, so that's basically what I did is I went across the country and photographed people who do anything on public lands on the land that they use. Um, like I have a scientific illustrator, um, I have a snorkeler from Florida, um, like, and then I've got, you know, my hunters. So I tried to get as many different, like, or er, a big range of activities, a range of ages. I have a five and six year old and then I have my grandpa who is 94. Yeah. Like, and you know, I tried to just get the biggest range of things um, and throw all of these images into um, a room. And let people have a conversation about that. And then the hashtag came along as part of the campaign. And I really wanted to work social media into my thesis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked the idea that people had two places to view the work. You could either view it in the gallery or they could view it online. And going through and trying to think of a hashtag, um, I came up with the I own it hashtag. And I like that because... Of the responsibility that people have um and just saying that you know I was (laughs) pitched it to my professors as if you own a puppy you have to take responsibility for the puppy so if we own public lands we have to take responsibility for the land um
1: and just uh, sorry I just did a real quick search that hashtag now has over 27,000 uh posts associated with it which is pretty incredible
0: yeah um that's that's amazing. That's <laughs> such a reach. That's so cool. Thanks. When I first searched that hashtag, because obviously it's a pretty used one, yeah, they were really materialistic posts, mm. um, and so I really want to be able to change that. So when you search it, it's you know more public land posts versus "look at my new Mercedes Benz." Yeah. So
1: well, and just in looking at it just now, a lot of them at the top are public land. Yeah users, which is really cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that is cool. So you had this idea and how did you get started? Like what, I mean, how did you start contacting these people and who, how did you identify who you wanted to photograph?
0: So the first photo that I took was of my fiance, um, trapping and that was like my test run. Um, and the gear that the university had was like a car battery. <laughs> for the lights um, for my strobes and so I'm carrying this giant it was probably like I don't know 20 pounds Um, was battery over my shoulder and then I had my two strobe lights and I had everything set and I was like okay this is so not conducive to like traveling with or um, so the university pitched it to the professor um, Matt Hammond and he was able to get new equipment
1: oh nice yeah. That's awesome.
0: <coughs> so it worked out really well. Everything was really streamlined. Everything was like the battery was in the strobe. So it worked out great. Uh, and that was able or that enabled me to travel with the stuff. Yeah. all the lights. Um, but, yeah, so that was the start of it all. And then I went through. Um, I was also interning for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers in their social media um, at the time. Nice. And so I was able to kind of go through and look at people who were really, you know, putting themselves out there as a public land um, advocate. And so I went through and contacted all these people via Instagram. Um, And a lot, I mean, I got a lot of replies. It was great. And so I have people like Eduardo Cusia.
1: I love him so much. He is so cool.
0: He was Mm -hmm. the nicest person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's good. Um, he seems nice, like in his social media and in yeah. the video charge. He seems so cool. And like, he just, I mean, he just has such a neat story and he's a neat person. So it's good to hear that he's yeah. actually like that in real yeah. life. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. And I got um, Jana Waller who. She's a badass. She's amazing. Yeah. She's so, oh my gosh, she's helped me so much. Um and Jules McQueen, and, you know, I really wanted to get a lot of women. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show that women are complete badasses, and we can, you know, keep up with the guys and doing anything, so it was really awesome that I got those two women in particular, because I think they really, you know, kind of stand for that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that's really important, too, because, and one of the things I absolutely loved about your, your project, and when I was showing people at the conversation that started was, look at how diverse this group is. Mm-hmm. It's not just old, white, middle-class men. It's this wide range of people. Yeah. And was that was that purpose? Was oh, that on yeah. purpose? Okay, yeah. cool. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that that's a message that we definitely need to keep sharing.
0: Yeah, there's so many people who use our land, and it's not just... You know, like, I'm going to use... We
1: these. love old white guys, by the way. Yeah. This is not, <laughs> this is not a knock on old middle-class white men. <laughs> I will be that one day.
0: <laughs> um, but I think when you look at outdoor magazines, I think a lot of the time you just see old white, older white men. Um. And I think that's kind of discouraging because it's like, um, I think... You know, the Queen of England and I think Eva Shockey were the only two women on the cover of Outdoor Life. Oh, wow. So that to me is really interesting because there are so many women who do so much that they don't get the recognition. Um, So I really wanted to focus on that for sure. And I wanted to focus on um, like different groups of people, Um, like Diversity-wise, yeah. Obviously, didn't get a ton of um, you know different cultured people. Uh, Montana's pretty hard for that.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, and you're on a budget. Yes. You're a student, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> um. But I think you did a pretty good job.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And I really like another target group that I didn't get to hit was I would love to get um, a disabled hunter, or. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, someone disabled using public lands, but, or, you know, or even being in a national park, I thought would have been great. Um, and I also really wanted to get someone who was super touristy. <laughs> like when we, I flew down to Florida, we were in the Keys um, and I was able to shoot there. And I was on a state beach and I, you know, walked up to people and I was like, hey, I'm doing this project. You know, would you like to be photographed for it? And I explain it to them, and they go, we don't use public land. And I would walk away, and I'm like, well, you're on a state beach. That's public land, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> I don't think people realize, really. Um, and so that was something I really wanted to try to, to get to, and I just ran out of time and, and ran out of funds. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. But.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that uh, there's so many great things that I think will come out of th- that have come out of and will continue to come out of this project that you did. And I think that's one of them is that it reminded people and it really highlighted people that, Oh wait, I am a public land user. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think a lot of people, and I hate to stereotype it this way, but a lot of people who live West of, or sorry, East of the Mississippi think, Oh, public land is a, a thing for the West. But I mean, just like you're saying, I grew up using state beaches and state parks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they weren't backcountry. Yeah, yeah. They weren't
0: Glacier National Park. I think that's what people think of, too. It's yeah. like they think that for it to be a public land, it needs to be backcountry or, you know, it needs to be some hike or something. But there's so many pieces of public land that are thrown in cities. And I mean, um, Central Park is public land. Yeah and you know like dog parks are public land so there's just there's a lot of things that I think people overlook and that was something I really wanted to try to bring attention to
1: yeah and I think that I think you did I think you're you're one of those people that's helping to reframe this discussion around what is public land and why is it important because Mm -hmm. I think the the general attitude is this isn't important yeah you know making you know you know the economy and these different things that's important but public land is not important well i mean your project is highlighting how important and how diverse the the number of people and the the you the know number of usages yeah the number of usages and and like you said the different you know the word that keeps coming to mind is the different families of users like they you know the bird watchers the you know the, the beach surfers. the beach bums yeah. yeah like there's all these different groups that that use these lands and that care about them and and we all need to bring our voices together and speak up and say, hey, like this is important. So I think I think you got the ball rolling or continued to push the ball. I guess <laughs> the ball is already rolling, but you kept pushing the ball, which is awesome. Thanks. Um was there uh, how how do I ask you this, was there <laughs> ever a point during the project where you thought this just isn't gonna happen?
0: Um, yeah. yeah, funding was a big hurdle um so the university doesn't help fund you at all okay um and so this project was off of m- some money that I had left over from a student loan, money my grandfather gave me uh money that b h a gave me, and money from um a goFundme page and dang. At first, I was really nervous because I set up the GoFundMe page before I really, you know, put anything else out there feeler-wise and asking, Um, and I had like $300. I was like, all right, well, each print, um, for those of you who haven't seen the project in person, each print is 30 by 50, um, and it's printed on aluminum. Uh, It's a direct print onto the metal, and they're about five hundred dollars each
1: wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh my gosh
0: it was uh it was a pricey thing uh for sure but the quality of the prints just looks so amazing and they're oh, they
1: so do. it looks so cool yeah
0: and I just wanted them to be big because I wanted them to be almost life-size where you know when you walk up to this person they're making eye contact with you and I really liked that you know person-to-person feeling that you would get from it so in my head they had to be this size and there was no you know compromising on that and so um yeah i think grandpa stepped up and (laughs) gave me (laughs) money which was amazing and um and then i was interning for bha and i had brought it up to land as like is there you know possibility that you guys could help me with this um and so i wrote a proposal and uh thankfully Uh, They were able to give me some money for that, too, which was amazing. And I, you know, thank them so much for it. So, yeah.
1: That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, obviously, everybody you interviewed was incredible. But was there one person that you really learned something from that really taught you something that that sticks out to you?
0: Uh, Yes. I had um, a professor. I took a watershed ecology class Mm -hmm. um, while I was at the U. And her name is uh Vicki Watson, and she's probably in her seventies and she such a badass woman she um she works on the Clark fork River and maintaining that and keeping wow. the yeah and um she's headed all of these other you know watershed projects and so I was able to ask her, you know like you know would you be interested in posing for me and blah 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 and She's so cute, she didn't know what a hashtag was, so <laughs> I explained that to her and um and then she goes, "Oh, well, can I create my own hashtag?" And I was like, "Sure, and so she writes down on the piece of paper hashtag doc Watson." <laughs> 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 I was like, "Yes, this is fantastic, but um, no, I learned so much from her and from that class, and you know how rivers have been um like restored and just completely you know ruined and then started over and then you know completely fixed and it's just kind of it's amazing that you know as people we're able to do that yeah so it kind of gives me hope for (laughs) future things uh for like super fun sites and stuff that we can you know hopefully figure it out
1: absolutely yeah so what's the number one thing you want people to take away when they look at your project
0: that we're all in this together and if we want to keep things how they are and make them better, that we ne- all need to work together, no matter, you know, what view we have, what political party we're on, what, you know, public land isn't a political issue. And I think people really need to get over that mentally. um, Because I think that's a big thing that people are stuck on. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I agree with you 100%. I think we are our biggest stumbling block when it comes to protecting you know, this way of life that we, that we enjoy. And as we already talked about, there's a lot more of us who enjoy this way of life. And if we're not careful, it can disappear, can disappear in a blink of an eye. And so I love that you said that we're all in this together because we really are the uh, N- New Jersey cat ladies that walk their, their kitty cats on the, on the beach. Absolutely. They're public <laughs> land users just <laughs> as much as the, the guys that are hunting in the back country. So I love it. We are all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next for the, the I Own It project? What What are you hoping to do?
0: Um, there's a couple things in the works that I cannot talk about yet. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'd really like to just continue to photograph people and keep throwing stuff up on social media and see it grow. Um, Sam Soholt was my uh, more, most recent um model <laughs> did you get to go on the bus i did get to. Get oh on the bus. man <laughs>
1: i want to go on the bus someday
0: it was awesome that's cool yes and it was it was a lot of fun sam's a great guy yeah he has beautiful eyes throwing that out there real weird i'm sorry but
1: some guys just have really great yeah. eyes yeah and
0: i don't know it was good his
1: eyes are pretty legendary though i've heard other people say that. yeah he does eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh no it was a lot of fun um we both met kind of halfway Um, and we're able to, you know, bang it out and get it shot and turned out pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: So I always have two or three kind of, uh, random off the wall questions that I like to ask people. So you ready for a little rapid fire. Sure. Cool. So, um, the first one is what would you say your life's purpose
0: is? Oh gosh. Um, hopefully to make a difference somewhere in someone's life. Um, <laughs> I guess it's probably not an awesome answer, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> pretty generic. <laughs>
1: no, I I love that you said that because I think if we all lived our lives with the intent to make a difference in someone else's life, the world would be such a better place. Whether that is your neighbor, like if you just woke up one day and said, today I'm going to make a difference in my neighbor's life. like Think about how much better you would make that person's existence, and in turn inspire them to make somebody else's. So I think that's that's <laughs> an incredible answer. Um, all right, so you're an amazing photographer, and I am a horrible photographer. <laughs> so my uh, my next question for you is: uh, as a photographer, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to someone who's getting into photography and you know wants to get started? Maybe take some decent photos not just like snaps photos with your yourself their cell phone so what would be your advice to someone who wants to take um this you know newfound interest in photography up a notch rather than just snapping photos with their phone
0: honestly take a couple classes they help so much they teach you to look at things differently than you would otherwise perspectives are different you know you now you're looking for lighting constantly um that was a big help for me was getting my degree in that and that really um like solidified that this is what I want to do um and also I think find a camera that you're you know comfortable using where you know you can quick throw on setting (coughs) throw on settings really fast and not have to think about it so I mean whatever that is for you you know make sure you've got something you're comfortable with
1: what lens did you use to shoot the project
0: um i had a 50 yeah yeah my nifty 50 <laughs>
1: <laughs> i need to start using my 50 more i have one i just never pull it out it's but it's my favorite lens you're the second photographer that i've talked to in the last four days that's told me to use my 50 more
0: mm-hmm. okay. they're great lenses i mean that and like a 35 or mm. um a 24 would be great i don't own either of those but <laughs> <laughs> you know when i rent them i love them but Do you know
1: who Stephen Drake is? No. He's a photographer out of Bozeman. He does a lot of outdoor hunting stuff. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll show you his stuff later, but, yeah, he's pretty incredible. And uh, he has, like, I have severe lens envy. <laughs> he is constantly like, yeah, so I shot this with this lens and he'll talk about the lens and by the end of it I'm like this close to going online and ordering one and then I remember oh wait I can't (laughs) Uh, wait I'm broke I'm broke I should (laughs) not do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's how I am I need a new camera so bad Uh, I have a um canon 5d mark ii which for people who know cameras that is ancient
1: that's two generations old yeah 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 that's well that's a good advice (laughs) okay so real quick observation then you can shoot really good photos with maybe not top of the line gear. Cause yeah, absolutely. you shot some amazing photos and I would have thought you were going to say like a 7D or at least a 60, but a 5d that's pretty yeah, well, that's five, impressive.
0: 5d's are totally, I mean, they're amazing. And to have, um, I mean, I'd love to get the 5d Mark four. That would be fantastic. But, uh, you know, we'll work up there someday. <laughs> but cool. yeah. Um,
1: Cool. Yeah, and I agree. Take a class. That's That was one of the things that really helped me kind of step up my game a little bit. All right, so i got two more questions for you. What is your definition of happiness?
0: Waking up and not dreading waking up. If you're happy with where you are, great. If your job sucks, but you're still happy with where you are, great. You know, you're doing what you need to do to be where you l- like to be so as long as you know you're <laughs> waking up happy waking up then yeah yeah sure happiness i like <laughs> it
1: that's awesome and then so my final question to ask everybody um there's a movie called jeremiah johnson it was filmed like back in the 70s have you seen it
0: i've literally watched it last night just yes for this.
1: <laughs> i love it what do you think <laughs>
0: like the inaccuracies and just like <laughs> oh my gosh I was like there's no way one a grizzly bear is away you know out of hibernation and it's too too early for elk to be bugling and I was like oh you
1: have to look past <laughs> all the inaccuracies you're poking holes in my my childhood <laughs> fantasies here <laughs> no I know what you mean I actually I had that I had that th- I've had several of those thoughts as I've watched that movie. Like, <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> but it is real. Yeah. It's so awesome. <laughs> Love that movie. So in that case, uh, you have one message left to leave to the world. You gotta write it down. What are you writing down?
0: Take good pictures. Because the world is filled with so many crappy photos. <laughs> If you're going to scroll through Instagram, at least be looking at something that's good, you know? Yeah. So take good photos.
1: <laughs> take good photos. I like it. And photos ins- photos inspire the world. So, yeah, we want to be sharing good stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I just want to recognize you for, one, coming over and uh, sitting down with me. That's pretty incredible. And second, for inspiring people um, to to put beauty out into the world and inspire people I think is one of the highest uh one of the highest best things that we can do with our time and that you spent a lot of your own money and time and energy into doing that um is incredible so i just want to recognize you for everything you're doing and we're really excited about whatever these uh, <laughs> secret projects are that you got coming down the pipeline um we'll keep an eye out for those uh why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media, and then give us any final thoughts you have?
0: Sounds good. Um, so my Instagram is at public land user.
1: That's so <laughs> awesome that you got that handled, By the way,
0: <laughs> thanks. Uh, so yeah, you can head over there and see the entire project, um, and then use the hashtag it when posting. You know, your outdoor adventures because it's really gonna help change that little bit of you know, social media, which I think is awesome.
1: Cool. Wanna add anything else? Cool. So we'll link to all of your stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, for having me. We'll we'll stay in touch with you and see what else you come out with. Sounds great. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Well that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow Urban to Country on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and sign up for the Urban to Country newsletter on our website. In closing, I wanted to quote Henry David Thoreau. Thoreau said, All good things are wild and free. Please remember to do your part to make sure our wild places and our wild creatures are here for generations to come. And until next time, go out there and make life epic.